broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. All right, everybody uh, out there on Phoenix 93.5 FM, and uh, this is Nerd No Basis, and you are joined by me, Bryn, and my two wonderful co-hosts. Please say hello, guys. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, it's Keanu Calicorn here. Delighted to be here as always. Good, good, good. So how have you guys been? Uh, decent. I'm playing Battlefront 2 at the moment, so I'm happy. Which one? The terrible one or the good one? Uh, hold on. Here's the thing. I will, f- I will defend uh, the new one to death because what happened was, same thing that happened with, Battle- with Battlefield 4. They released a terrible game. Uh, everybody complained about it. And then they spent the next year and a half patching it and made a phenomenal game. And well, nobody cares. Okay. Yeah, and, and nobody cares now because all the all the all the hype is gone. But like yeah yeah, like the current Star Wars Battlefront game plays almost exactly like the game that you remember. Oh good. So so it's risen to the level of a game that already exists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, EA. Good job, EA. Good job. <laughs> but to be fair, this is in high definition. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, yeah. and it is online, so, you know, it's speaking, fun. Speaking of that kind of uh, idea, so, like, one of the things I was, uh, like, in the last uh, while, I've mainly been playing two games. One of them has been a remaster of a game I played back in the good old days of 2004. Well, I got, oh. it, it came out much earlier than that, but, like, um, I would I think I bought my first copy of it in 2004, uh, which is Animusha Warlords. Oh, uh, yes. I'm playing that too. Yeah. That game was unreal. Uh, Ooh, what is this? Sorry, guys. Animusha Warlords. It was this game that came out in like about, what, two? It was like one of the first games off of launch, if I recall correctly, for PS2. Yeah, and not and it has a huge following, but mm. nobody really knows about it until recently when it turns out one of my friends, it's like her favorite game. I'm mm. like, oh my God, you've heard of this game? She's like, yeah, I love it. So yeah, weird. It's like when you hear that song and it follows you around the place. Yeah. yeah. Like, Animusha is great. Um, it's mm. kind of like got the, the, the same control scheme as uh, the, the, the original Resident Evil trilogy where like, you press forward to go forward, left and right just pivots your character. You've pressed forward again to go forward from that position. Yeah, tank controls. Uh, kind of like when not not exactly tank controls, but close enough. Kind of, yeah. I mean, you're basically talking about tank turret controls, really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, the game, uh, the game controls a bit clunkily, but once you get into it, it's so damn good. <laughs> the voice acting is between serviceable and pretty poor <laughs> oh i love that early like kind of playstation one era like yeah. uh voice acting there's something really charming about it it's not as bad as that but it's still it's still pretty poor like uh, <laughs> there's one bit where like uh the character you play and like the npc uh that plays uh that um is with them gets stuck in this kind of trap room 
and the NPC is like, oh, Samanusuke, we have to get out of here. And he's like, yes. <laughs> That's it. Uh, oh, God, it's amazing. Jill, you're almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> it's so great. And like, um, yeah, because I was playing that um, just after I finished doing a playthrough of uh, Infamous Second Son, which is a bit more recent because it was a launch game for PS4. And I don't know if either of you have played the original. I have. I really enjoyed Infamous 2. Didn't enjoy Infamous 1 that much. Infamous 2 is great. Yeah, Um, super good. Second Son is better than I thought would be based off of the character design, which looks very douchey to me. (laughs) Did they get rid of Colin McGrath, did they? They did, yeah. It's uh, they've kind of done the they've kind of done the Power Rangers thing, where like the sequels now feature uh, new original characters on each iteration. So there's like four infamous games now, if I recall correctly. So like, there's the first two are Colin McGrath, then the other two are like individual characters with their own stories in the same shared universe. Um, and what kind of game is this now? This is like a sandbox game, and unfortunately, it's between this and like between. Uh, infamous and a few other sandbox games I've been playing in the last couple of years. I'm getting really tired of some of the things you see show up in it. Where yeah, like, I, yeah, man, I know. Uh, yeah, well, like I think that's a good point to pivot. All right, yeah, go on. You have to go on. Like, you have to go up against these like uh, base camps. Yeah, that in open world games, and it's just so dull now. Yeah, like uh, base camps. Uh, control posts, collected taunts. You're like, oh, dude, come on! I just give me a linear game with a good story, and I'll be happy with that. You know. I mean, it's like it's also it just screams of like games that like are afraid to let you explore because you want to explore. Yeah. And, like it, it strikes me as like, I mean, even like even like one of the things that like this is this kind of pains me to say it. Like I love the new Spider-Man game that came out last year. Yeah. But I played it through it twice now. And yeah. I have no desire to play it again. And it's not because the story's bad. The story's excellent. Yeah. But what bugs, what bugs me about it is I go like, yeah, but do I really want to have to go through all the chores that I had to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, to be fair, the, the DLC kind of scratches that issue. I never want to, like, I, I'm i 97% completed. Yeah. So I will eventually go back and get the 100%. And, but the DLC scratched the issue for me again because I don't want to play the campaign mode again because... Of that reason, all the fapping about and yeah, it's the chores that, that bothers me about it. Because yeah, even like you know, even, like I mean, when you compare, like the way I put it in terms of like the the kind of spectrum of uh, of sandbox games that you've got, like in the most extreme example, you have uh, you have Grand Theft Auto Five, where yeah. It's a completely open world, and you can do whatever you really want, but there's no real consequences to it, and there's no real, um, there's no real rhyme or reason to why you'd want to play golf or tennis. You can, but there's no real necessity to. And there are side missions to an extent, but you don't really have any real need to play it. And then, like further down the down field from that, you'd have the likes of like your your Fallout threes in New Vegas and Skyrim's where like yeah there are base camps but you don't really need to do them you just kind of happen across yeah. them and if yeah. you want to play them you play them if you don't want it you don't want it and you know it kind of goes in that kind of and it's like it, everything in that game just feels very optional even the main story feels optional which yeah. is great it's one of the best things about that game and then even further down from that then you have stuff like um, the Saints Row games where it's just 
filled with activities. And they Saints, Saints, Row, Saints Row 4, such a good game for all the reasons that people hate the game. Yeah. I'm like, you shouldn't. Saints Row 4 is super good. Saints Row, like, I mean, the same, like, those games are so harmless to me. Like, oh, yeah. No, they're just fun. Like, if you just want to play, like, a good, like, the best open world game I've played as far as going back and playing, Central yeah. 4 because it because you can actually have fun with it you know <laughs> you can kind of do what you want it's great it's, it's, it's nice to do a great thing of like it has it has a lot of like quote unquote busy work but all the yeah. busy work is fun and you kind of like go yeah it's busy work but it's fun busy work and it's never super repetitive because they kind of they try to limit how often you have to do each bit of busy work to being no more than six times. Like the most the most busy work thing that you would do is collecting your homies. <laughs> right? But every every homie that you collect uh you have to like it's like a different game. <laughs> I think it's, I've got my new text tone. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a different kind of video game that you're playing. So uh, yeah, it's super fun. I've got a hypothetical question for you guys now because obviously, just from listening to you guys and nodding for the past few minutes, you does it love do, homies? Because of the homies, yes. Uh, <laughs> you guys know your stuff about video games and what goes into it and what goes all that kind of stuff. When you were younger playing video games, were you more aware of what you call busy work, or is this something that has just bothered you the more games you've played? Do you know uh, what I mean? It's it's a different it's a different thing because when you're when when we were growing up, the consoles yeah. you couldn't really do busy work because the games were like way harder. Yeah, but know? it's also like I mean the technology now is so yeah. Like I mean, um, the kind of the quote unquote busy work that you have now versus the busy work you had before was like mm. games would have like crazy difficulty spikes. Yeah. Or as they're more commonly known, escort missions. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, you know, like, uh, like those were always like a pain point. And then they'd also have like other forms of, uh, of, dif- of difficulty spikes, also known as sewer missions. <laughs> the water level. <laughs> and like, you know, these were the kind of these were the kind of things that would come up with they'd be kind of like a, a repetition thing for you to, to mm. fight against. The busy work you see now and like I mean the base thing in you see in open world games, the first example of it I ever witnessed was this Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Um yeah. I loved it in that game. Yeah. It was, it was new. It was new, yeah. But it's like it's coming up on on 10 years since Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. <laughs> I'm really bored of it now. Yeah. Like, see, they just, they, they beat it into the ground so, so thoroughly. Yeah. Anything open world now has been done to death and I'm all sick of it. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, I don't, I'm not saying that, like, open world games can't be, uh, can't be good and that you can't use base camp stuff. It's just that, like, um, like at but, this point now, it's just like it's a played out trope. It's look, like, print when everything is five stars, nothing is. When everything is a base camp, open world mission, nothing is. Mm. And that's the problem. Like, okay, if you want like the ultimate example of how that kind of works in a positive sense, bully. Yep. Bully, oh bully. yes. That game is how you do an open world game. Yep. Uh, you know, it has it. It has its mission. Uh, its story. Sorry, it's not too bad. But at the same time, you can do whatever you want. You can hang out in 
comic book shop for hours you can you know yeah fast, that game's you know? a nice fine line between encouraging exploring but if you don't want to the game's there for you to play like i don't think games really know how to toe that line anymore yeah correct and i think i think that's kind of where we've lost the way and it, it's because of games like you know um uh, assassin's creed and pretty much everything ubisoft does yeah uh like Boring protagonists. For better or worse, they kind of set the benchmark of what the standard game wants. And and like, look, again, it's, I mean, it's one of those things where like, it's not, I'm not saying that like these should never be done. It's just the case of like, I don't think that like going after base camps necessarily is a good idea for like a Spider-Man game. And the same reason why I don't think it worked in any of the Batman games that had it either, because it's not really why I'm playing those games, and it's missing the point of that. Yeah, um, that's fair. You know, but again, like I think I, I I remember like for like the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood stuff, it made sense in those games. Yeah. Uh, it made sense in Far Cry Three, but. <sighs> You know, like. So, what you're saying is if it's used in a way that's detrimental to the immersion of the game, it's a bad thing. Yeah. And I mean, like, even in the case of like something like Spider Man, it wasn't even like immersion breaking at first. But once you got to the fourth faction that you had to do, you're like, oh, come on. (laughs) You know, some other, like, do some other kind of gameplay feature instead of the same thing over again. Like, it's, it's. it just became like a it became like a parody of itself by that point. It's the equivalent. I mean, it's the equivalent of screw Flanders over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> so hard to get to the to the eight hours. To the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to put in all those forty hours of extra content to distract you from the story. Just keep putting in more, more bases, I mean, more yes, bases, yes, more yes. asbestos, more asbestos. Ah, like- well, I'm really glad you brought up the escort missions, actually, because uh, I'm replaying Kingdom Hearts at the moment uh, for the first time in a decade. And I'm stuck on the Riku big fight. People who played it will know what that is. Uh, but you get to do missions at Winnie the Pooh where you escort <laughs> him around the place. And um, he keeps getting lost. He keeps wandering off. You have to like walk up to him in such a straight, precise way to get him to follow. And my Stevie, who's the biggest Winnie the Pooh fan, Pooh, Pooh fan was just going, move, fat ass, follow me. Just like, <laughs> it's like, That's escort missions. Just, just go. I think the Phantom Menace game had the worst with getting oh, the man. 10 Damadala to follow you. Oh, stop that game, man. You're stepping on my dress. That game is so <laughs> bad. <laughs> at, at so level, bad. That level made me snap so badly that I had to go, fine. I had to like, like again, this is like, what, 2000? <laughs> like Yahoo or whatever other search yeah. engine before Google. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> and find out the, the friggin' debug uh, mode cheat for it. So I, could, so I could just go, I just need to skip this level. <laughs> <laughs> the fun thing about that game was, though, if you were persistent enough in the conversations, you could get all your beloved Star Wars characters to say really rude things to the NPCs. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it rewarded exploring in the worst way possible. <laughs> You know, I I think there is like a show in and of itself of bad Star Wars games or like games around that time period. <laughs> yeah, I actually collect Star Wars games, so uh, you don't yeah. say. No, I do, I do. Um, <laughs> you collecting something from Star Wars related? You're saying this so. <laughs> well, you know, we have to see what happens. You know, if 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 the if that horrible movie, what's it? What's that movie that nobody likes? 
Of the oh, Force the one, the one that isn't out yet. All of them. I don't know. The Force Awakens. <laughs> the Last Jedi. You know the the rise of Skywalker. You know it's like yeah. they're all. But we're not going to get onto it. But you know we yeah. should do a, a Star Wars game retrospective or something at some point. But, uh, but see what I love about the last two or three weeks is like Star Wars comes <laughs> up and it's almost like a bus caught on the edge of a cliff where it's like, does the rest of the episode become Star Wars? <laughs> Do we let it fall no, into no, that? No, that's why I'm. That's why I'm uh, graciously controlling my myself. Uh, very much appreciated. I suspect we'll get back to it before too long. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I mean, like, uh, at, like escort missions are just like the absolute worst. Mm. Like even. Um, I remember even Metal Gear Solid 2 when you had mm. to drag around Emma who like this like useless freaking teenage girl who can who can't swim and can barely walk everywhere and you're just like oh my god this is so horrible <laughs> and you do oh. find yourself kind of wishing death on them counterintuitively <laughs> before too long yeah, there's a bit where she had to walk across these um uh, had to walk across these um like this rickety water bridge it has uh, claymores on it, and every now and again, I would just get, I would just go like, I'm so, I'm so sick of it, and and uh, make her, or just let her walk across them and kill herself. <laughs> <laughs> but see, what's interesting about that is, right, when because that's such a like, where well known trope, when that's um, subvertive, uh, subverted, it's really, really interesting. And Bioshock Infinite did a great job in like swapping that around, where your NPC escort your character. <laughs> is you know basically amazing and she does everything when you're sitting there going oh well okay so the the working theory is that you're actually the escort in the escort (laughs) that would make sense yeah yeah because without without elizabeth you get your ass kicked badly (laughs) so yeah there's a few more things said for the uh, prince of persia game that came out for the ps3 where, um, because like you're you're with this magical person who can basically stop you from falling to your death and she just seems to be much more useful than you are, <laughs> um, which is great. Like, oh, man, escort missions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I stopped playing Bayonetta because when the first escort mission came Dude, out. Dude, listen, I've played Bayonetta twice, like, through. Yeah. I don't know what that game's about. I yeah, still I, I watched I... Akira for the first time last week, and I feel like I understood that better. Really? You only, Bayonetta, watched, yeah. you only watched Akira for the first time? Yeah, yeah. I just I missed it growing up. Like, you know. Uh, wow. Funnily enough, uh, a friend of mine lent it to me because I mentioned that Bart Kira exists. Yes, Bart Kira exists. that out. So I, I had to get myself caught up. Fair, fair. Yeah, no, it's an experience, all right. I never forget the first time I lent to someone and my friend came back and he goes, what the hell was that? Mm. Like, yeah, I, that, that's that's kind of... That's I will say I was prepped for it, though, because I watched uh, Evangelion on Netflix, and that's still weirder than um, Akira. Like, yeah, I, got, because, I, got, I got a, a gist of Akira. Yeah, but Evangelion is, is a different beast altogether. Like, you know, like, I don't know. This is, this is a show topic in and of itself, but, like, Mm. Yeah, I, if anyone hasn't seen, and I'd be very, very shocked if listeners of the show haven't, if you guys haven't seen like Akira or Evangelion, you know, do yourself a favor, you know, sit down and watch it because mm. it, you won't regret it. You know, you might like it, 
Yeah. But you, you won't forget it. Yeah. No, you might like it. You might go, what the heck is this? But you will really like appreciate having seen it. And mm. that, that's, that, they are kind of like core things to see. But that's what I'm saying to you, man. You know, like you have to brush up before we start doing anime conventions or we'll be torn yeah, alive. Yeah, 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 exactly. We'll be torn apart live, you know, so. <laughs> well, since you brought it up, do you want to plug it? Yeah, so we're doing an, uh, an, another panel now at JCon in November. So, uh, yeah, guys, if, if you are running a con or whatever or panels, let us know and we'll be happy to come down and, you know, yeah. say some words uh, <laughs> about stuff. But, uh, yeah. What, uh, look, what's the panel about? So this panel is not about wrestling. You'd be happy to hear. Uh, it's about ja- uh, Japanese uh, media and horror media in general and mm. how it differs to the Western experience of it. So it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be different. So yeah. uh, look forward So to if it. anyone listening out there, maybe you could hit us up with either Western horror recommendations or maybe Japanese ones and see if we can get a few balls rolling. Like, oh, hit yeah. us up and they may end up in the show. We're still putting it together at the moment. Nerdtoknowmedia.gmail.com mm. send them to us. It's pretty good. Actually, speaking of which... Uh, um, it was it's obviously Halloween soon, right? And uh, I I don't know if you guys watch Red Letter Media or not, but oh um, yes. So so oh you do okay. So mm. a review came up, you know, where they look at old movies, mm. and they looked at The Exorcist, right? And the review of The Exorcist itself is quite good, but mm. the the clips that Jay chose was all from the movie that I did not know existed until that until I watched review. So Tuesday. Mm. And uh, it's a movie called Repossessed. Yes, that's one of my dad's favorite films. He's been looking for it everywhere and can't find it. I was starting to think it didn't exist. I didn't until I. I if you had to say, if you, Keen, if you had to say to me that that movie existed, I would have been like, no, no, it does not. <laughs> that, that's a weird fever dream. Uh, I, I had to resort to uh, means that um, are questionable mm-hmm. uh, to obtain said movie but yeah. uh vhs yes vhs i had to get a vhs <laughs> um to watch it but I, I have to say it is fantastic like it's 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 basically for anyone who hasn't seen it it's the plot of the exorcist but in the future as in like regan has grown up and she is, is a mom with two kids mm. and she gets repossessed again right now obviously she's not called regan and it's not actually based on the exorcist but kind of is and that's the plot but it's in the same vein as Dracula Dead and Loving It and the Naked Gun movies mm. it's so good guys <laughs> I, I was just like why is this movie so good you know isn't and, uh, Leslie Nielsen in it yes he plays the old priest mm. so yeah if you like the Naked Gun movies if you like uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It it's it's a must watch so uh, yeah but thanks to, to Red Letter Media for letting me know well, I'm glad you brought that up, actually. That is almost an episode in and of itself. Some movies are getting very hard to find. Like, another uh, film that I actually ended up having to find on YouTube because uh, someone in my family wanted to watch it from when they were a kid was a movie called Amazon Women on the Moon starring Carrie Fisher. And oh, yes. Some, and yeah. some movies just didn't make it to VHS or didn't yeah. make it from VHS to DVD. Movies that are very funny are just disappearing. As time goes on, you know, and the well, Leslie Nielsen want to be one as well. Willow lives on. <laughs> uh, well, like you know, that's the thing. It, it's it's like my dad's ultimate like conspiracy 
uh, fear where he's like, oh, Ivan, he's going to go to streaming and then mm. he won't have anything and then that's it. And I'm just like, all right, listen, you know, if, if it all goes down and an EMP hit, all the hard drives are gone and most of the media is gone. Mm. So I don't know how you're going to be able to store media, you know, if, if disaster like that does happen. Yeah. But, you know, it, it does have a point where, you know, you'd have your collection of movies on VHS or DVD or whatever. Um, or even, you know, uh, through less than legal, like expanded VHS, let's call yeah, it that. Yeah, yeah. Expanded, <laughs> expanded VHS methods. Betamax. Uh, Betamax, exactly. Um, you would have it and then, you know, you'd have your little collection and you'd be able to go through it compared to now where we do stream everything and if something is made available, you're going to be able to watch it because, it, you know, it's easier than breaking out your Betamax and plugging it into your computer. That's um, true, but getting into the pushing the bus off the Star Wars cliff here, like the original unedited Star Wars movies only exist on VHSs from 1995. So, like, you not know. Not true, not true. No, uh, no. no. Well, okay, uh, not to go too far. Sorry, Bryn, you wanted to get in there. What were you saying? I mean, this is something that's happening across, like, pretty much every medium of entertainment now. Like, you're seeing in video games, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there's archive becoming a major concern there. Yeah, it is, and like there's games now that that just once the license is gone, that's it. It's done, you know. So that is kind of a fear that if everything does go digital, eventually you're going to be left yeah. with nothing really mm. if 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 the service closes down. But anyway, no, sorry, go on. Sorry, it's still not even the licensing stuff that's like a concern anymore. Like you've got games like uh, what was that big Bioware game that came out, Anthem. Um, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. that. The servers are going. Like the servers are going to getting decommissioned for that soon enough. Wow! And that's a game because like no one's playing it. And like, shock and horror, like that game is basically going to mean that like anyone who has a copy of it won't even be able to play it anymore. But here's another one: Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five. All yeah. of the, they released a demo, and the entire game is on the servers that I think are decommissioned. So if you buy that game, <laughs> you've bought a demo. <laughs> <laughs> the game but um no like on that point though you know it's like you were saying that the the star wars movies only exist on VHS. yeah they do but uh the despecialized editions are out there you can find them but again uh, okay you can, but you can't buy them oh and that goes back to what Bryn is saying you know you, you, the secret ingredient is crime yeah basically it <laughs> you know yeah like you, you have you have to go out and actually find these things and the more and more we move towards an environment where either that's blocked mm. or it's controlled in some way um so it's gonna get lost i mean uh my dad taped all of the original star trek episodes off sky one we still have them on the shelf but now they've got a certain type of value because they did the same thing to star wars where they overhauled all the effects and put in digital ones that are yeah. better here and worse there but the standard dvd releases have the special effects yeah. So what we have in this house is videotapes which have the only original effects left unless you've like got them archived somewhere. Mm. So yeah, that is going to be a more pressing concern the more digitized everything becomes because ultimately it's at the whims of whoever owns the platform, not the consumer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, this is kind of like that South Park episode, you know, stop changing movies and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no kind of like cross-platform market to be like hey 
Uh, this is crazy. Me talking about government control. I know, right? <laughs> but uh, it, it's some kind of. Um, I would say it wouldn't even be governmental control. It would be some kind of uh, consumer-led thing, mm. where you would be like, "Hey, we need to preserve certain things." And he did try this in, the, you know, George Lucas. I believe was part of this to preserve movies because old movies from the yes i was watching uh the red letter media episode about the the people versus george lucas yes and that came up that uh this like kind of the argument that, that made in 1988 that movies are art and belong to the public and therefore yeah. should be preserved like yeah and i and you know i think it's the same thing there with like tv shows and video games and stuff mm. you know but until that's a mandate or until that's an actual thing uh, we're going to see stuff just li- be lost, you know. And th- think about this, right? Thirty years down the line, we're all we're all old, or and, uh, you know, games like the I'm playing Battlefront Two now, right? Mm. Retro collectors buy Battlefront Two. Up until the latest the the latest patch or a couple of patches ago, actually no, the latest patch, there was no instant action with AI, so. If that wasn't included, if the game had been successful on launch, uh, known as the terrible one, right? Mm. All it was was an online game with a terrible campaign. Mm. And if you had a bot that when the servers went down, as Bryn said, uh, that's it. No game. Mm. You're just playing a terrible campaign and a lobby that never fills up. Now, at least, they've patched in AI components and you can go and play the game and you can play it now forever, right? But... um. That's where we're going. So it's it's worrying. Mm. What do you think should be done then to counteract this? Like, what way would you archive? Would you make a move back towards having solid copies? Or yeah, I think I know a lot of people are going to go. Oh, you know, like apparently the PS Five and stuff that's going to be discless. I think that's a mistake. Oh no. Yeah, I think that's a massive mistake Mm -hmm. for for a number of reasons. One, internet speed is a thing. Uh, if you're de- if all the games are seventy, like I personally hate turning on my console and playing a game and then going off and making a cup of coffee or yeah, a sandwich yeah. or something while you wait half an hour for a game to load. You're like, I have to go to bed soon because I'm work <laughs> tomorrow. Just let me play the game. Yeah. You know, I, I I more I would more would be in favor of an expanded um expanded media storage platform that can just you know, but that's not going to happen unless there's a mandate for it. And I think we're going to have to go through. The, the fire and the flames of digitalists yeah. gaming for a while. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because the, my brother has an Xbox One and he, with it, there's only limited storage. So yeah. every time you want to play a game, you have to install it or uninstall something. Yeah, correct. Which is so much less intuitive than if you have physical copies yeah. that you put in and just let them do their thing and then take it out and put it back on the shelf. Like, That's and it. Then, and if you haven't played it in a while, there could be four hours of updates. Like, yep. I, I'm a huge fan of LEGO Dimensions. That's happened every single time I've put that game back on. Yeah, and, and like, Bryn, like, you know, you, you made the jump like I did from PC where it was kind of a discless kind of thing. And now you're back in the console game. And how have you found this? Would you be on the same boat or? Um, so, like, I, I'm kind of, like, in a mixed... I'm kind of, like, mixed on the idea of... Um, of physical media mainly because like i rent and right fair you know like if i move house if i if all of my media is in, is in like the form of discs 
it's a lot of crap to move. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> like, I mean, a part, a part of me kind of, uh, like, a part of me kind of likes the idea of like, even having like local, local, local uh, libraries, mm. just having yeah. archi- having archival units, because like, it's kind of what a library's for anyway. Mm. Right. Um, and as well as that, like, if it's part of your community and it's like a local authority kind of thing. It's less likely to need government intervention for whatever, because you're going well, like, because they can just hand wave away, going well. Look, this is about archival, and don't you want to have a society where everything has a level of archival and retrievable information that everyone can can have access to, and then hopefully that person doesn't get shot, and <laughs> you know, or be on the or, or be on the, the plane at the same time as the other guy. You know, and hopefully that other person isn't Harrison Ford looking for their family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my back. Get off my plane. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like the argument you're making, Bryn, is that there should be a move towards games being considered art and a piece of popular culture that should be preserved in the same way that the argument was made for films back in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, but I think like anything where if it's like any art that can be publicly consumable and like place in a home there should be more of a there should be more of a movement to have but here's the thing though Brian. right that existed and then nintendo decided to be nintendo and took it away well i mean mm-hmm. i know I think... so, okay sorry i should get context um after once once the whole um mini market came out you know where they released like the playstation mini and the nintendo win yeah, yeah, yeah there was a, a distinct mark in sales being hit because of the popularity of a raspberry Pi being used for the same thing nintendo were like what this exists and then nintendo about 20 years after nintendo like last year discovered that rom sites are a thing now we are in no way condoning the use of said rom sites however they did exist and still do uh, and here's where you can find them <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. Uh, one, like some, you know, like, we, we don't give away that information publicly. So <laughs> his up on our Discord, uh, which I set up. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, like basically, you, there were some sites. There was one I really liked for tools. Mm. It had like different tools you could use for console modding or improving mm. stuff, and that was great. And that was that was actually a hit. That one was taken down, and you can't go. It's not there anymore, right? Mm. That that sucks so badly because as an as a resource for somebody who used the actual tools. Never mind the games. The games are what they are, but the actual tools itself is great. But anyway, um, they were all taken down. And there's a few others that are still there. Um, and there are workarounds if you go on Reddit. Uh, but I know how to employ a script, but that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, like there's a... It didn't work. It did more damage than, than it did good, right? Because mm. there were these online archives of games going all the way back. Xbox, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PS, mm. all the way back. And I think that was a way of preserving games for people, you know, who never got to grow up with them or maybe couldn't afford them or they're just yeah. so rare. Like there's certain games, games that we're going to be talking about um, at, at the convention because particularly, you know, PS2 era Japanese horror games, they're quite rare because they didn't really sell that well. Mm. Uh, or do you have a need? And to buy those now, like I was lucky, I was able to buy them off a friend of mine for not that expensive. But you know, Red Rose and something like that, as an example, that's like 70, 70 euros to buy. Mm. You know, um, and that's just one. So uh, Siren as well, uh, Forbidden Siren as well is another one. Forbidden Siren Two, there you're looking forty, fifty bucks. Mm. Uh, Fatal Frame, 
same thing. So, you know, for the longest time, that was the only way that you could going to get it. And it, it served as like a public service. And it's a shame that's gone. So maybe in a couple of years, that might be given that kind of mantle. But I think we're a couple of years away from that. And I think it, business needs to grow up and, and uh, attitudes towards video games needs to grow up rather than it just being something to pass time where it can actually be a legit art form. I don't think we're there yet. And I don't, yeah. I, you know, we're not there yet, obviously. And based on the treatment of Battlefront 2, there also needs to be a perspective shift in that Correct. the most advanced technological game isn't necessarily the best game because there are plenty of games as you were talking about, Bryn, from the 2000s and the 90s that, are fantastic, that were fantastic and still remain fantastic in spite of the fact they are in the most technical sense outdated. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think like... I think when it comes to like good games, always remain good games. Like, there's a reason why Monopoly still sells. Yeah. Well, here you guys, you guys, you guys are gonna laugh, but sorry, let's continue in a second. A game that I play quite often on the PS4 is Scrabble. Monopoly. Oh. Because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, Brent. Continue. Like, I mean, the, 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 there's a reason why like these games endure. It's because there's something functionally sensible about them. Mm. Like, yeah. The reality is, is that like, yeah, with the, like with the idea of like archival and stuff like that. Like, I think, you know, I I feel like games need to be archived in the same way that books need to be archived. Correct. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, like, it, I think it. I think it's a shame to lose. Like I mean, like I think some games definitely should absolutely die in a vat. In a vat, no one needs to. Play. <laughs> but, yeah. like, you know, I mean the the reality because like the reality is is that like who like who as a healthy minded adult wants to play Manhunt in this day and age? <laughs> but like, um, you know what though, like Manhunt one. Yeah. It's the experience. Manhunt 2 is total yeah. garbage. Mm. But I wouldn't sit down, you know, if it was a choice between that and, um, you know, let's say Zelda, right? You're going to pick Zelda because that's, that's done more. You know, mm. even though Rockstar would probably be cooler with their IP than Nintendo based on the way they yeah, well, yeah. I think as well, like when it comes to a huge amount of what we're seeing as well from like the big publishers they're getting away with a lot because like you're because like um copyright licenses and uh, uh all that stuff lasts so long now yeah true you know, like where like stuff like that would be at would be out of license in public domain within 20 25 years yeah exactly and now you know like it's going to be a very long time before uh, like a game like The Suffering is going to be public domain. Mm. Even though, like, this is probably the first time I'm going to talk about The Suffering since the two years after The Suffering came out. Mm. Like, um, oh, which was also a great horror game. Yeah, that's true. Actually, the Xbox had some, had some fantastic little gems. Uh, yeah. Suffering I mean, was like, really was good. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, from 2000, I'd say from 2000 to 2006, was a great time if you were into horror and horror games. <laughs> like, so many, so many great titles came out during that period. And you haven't hasn't been matched e- even like to, to today. Like unless you're playing on Steam or something like that, which you know there's some good good couple of games there that will be mentioned that are Steam games like Dread Out and stuff. But um, even still, like I find myself going back and playing 
game from that time period over and over again because they leave such a lasting impression. And it would be a shame to lose those. Like if if we lived in a world where Fatal Frame wasn't archived and you couldn't get Fatal Frame, that'd be horrific because that's an experience that I can't explain to you and do yeah. it justice. Because mm. you know. there's something so visceral, especially about like that genre of games where Correct. like yeah. Um, the experience is just like it's more real than watching them like watching the scariest movie ever yeah because you're living it it's like at least at the end of the day with scary film yeah like at least with a scary film you know it's like a roller coaster you're fine when it's over mm. I, I remember like i still remember being like nine years old playing Resident evil nemesis and actually like going do i actually want to play this i'm like, like, I'm afraid to put. <laughs> I get that with Alien Isolation still. Oh yeah, well, well there you go, uh, Keen. That's actually like a prime example of it. Yeah. Uh, Alien Isolation takes a lot from those tropes of earlier games. Yeah. Where, like, it, it's like it's it's the perfect amalgamation of mm. what we're talking about. What we're going to be doing at the con. Alien Isolation plays like a game called Silent Blood Curse, which mm. is fundamentally the same thing you're running against this demon and you can't kill it <laughs> because you can't kill a demon yeah. same with red rose you just run and hide isn't that though because i haven't played that many horror games but my takeaway from isolation is for the first time as a gamer i feel helpless and yeah, that's very I'm... compared to a movie where you've at least got that buffer yeah. I was getting very, very distressed by that. You know, but, even but, the saving takes a long time. But that's quintessential Japanese influence through the media. That's how those mm. games work. You know, they disarm you. Because if you're standing there powerful with a shotgun or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're probably not going to kill it, you're still going to feel like you have some kind of power. Yeah, agency, like some yeah, degree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you're completely disarmed mm. in space, for example, you're terrified. no dream. Uh, where no one can hear you scream. Exactly, mm. like just like the poster. <laughs> oh, alien, alien isolation is so good, but so mm. horrifying at times. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I think, I, I think getting back into the main topic though of like uh, of archival, like I, I think that the like I think customers themselves will actually have to make more of an effort to go like, nah. I I spent. I spent at least 60 euro on this thing. I yeah. demand that it's now my, like, uh, my it's property. My, like, yeah, that's my property. Yeah. Like, um, because, because, like, again, like, they're, like uh, the, a lot of games companies are moving to this model where, like, games are a service and not a good. Yeah. Even Anthem it, is right good. that, isn't it? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. I'm like, if I wanted to pay for a service, I would play an MMO. Mm. I don't play an MMO. Just give me my game and go away. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, like, no one's like, I mean, the people complaining about, like, the way games are now are not saying that the way that, like, uh, World of Warcraft operate is like uh is misleading or fraudulent no because they're like well i give give my x amount of money i don't know how much the subscription is a month and i'm happy it's too much (laughs) it's too much (laughs) and actually just on the point of archival we talked a little bit about doctor who last week Uh and the tragic thing about the early doctor who episodes in the 60s is that still to this day about 90 episodes have been lost forever Yep. They've been taped over, thrown out, whatever happened, because no one knew that videotapes would exist back in the 60s. 
And the only ones that have been found are ones that have been found by fans who had them in private collections or taped them off the TV using cameras, all that kind of stuff. And I would hate for that to happen again with video games in, say, 10 years' time or something like that, just because we weren't ready for the notion of saving them as cultural properties. But see, like, the thing about it is, it's... We're more aware of it now because of the retro market. You know, like, you go and you pick up a copy of, uh, uh, what's it? I can't remember offhand now. What's it called? Hmm. Uh, Give us a clue. No, no, it's it, it's a very, very famous DS game. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, okay. For sake of, sake of, uh, sake of argument, uh, Kingdom Hearts, right? Right. Original Kingdom Hearts before it was in, uh, it was re-released and remastered yeah. and stuff like that was actually worth quite a lot. I remember and same with Ico and Shadow of Colossus, they were worth about fifty euros each. Yeah, you know, at one point in time, that was the only way that you could experience those games. Mm. Okay, and that's kind of when people kind of understood that. Oh wait, the game that I had was actually worth a lot like <laughs> and then they started selling it so there is an awareness but it's not really sunk in that now also has that value and what i mean by that is mm. um the godzilla game that came out a couple of years ago on the ps4 it's terrible however it's worth a lot of money it's worth about 80 dollars 80 euros 80 dollars because nobody bought it mm. and you can't get it anywhere <laughs> you know scarcity creates demand and creates yeah, demand. yeah 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 like it's like the way you know the Superman comics from the 30s are worth, you know, thousands. It's mm. because most of them were thrown out by people's mass who thought they were garbage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. So unless people nowadays, like not even people our age, like younger, like kids who are so crazy into Fortnite and stuff like that, until they realize, hey, you know, if no one archives Fortnite, yeah, it's going to be gone eventually. Oh, yeah, sure. The, I used to be a huge fan of the Marvel Avengers game on Facebook. That doesn't exist anymore. I put exactly. so many hours into that. Yeah, exactly. Compared to having your, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, you know, the PS2, you'd, you'd break out the, the, the memory card after a while and go, oh, mm. well, cool, I can jump back in. Yeah. You can't do that now. And, you know, when, when the Fortnite servers do go down, because, you know, in about, it might take about a decade, but they will eventually go down. Or longer. Um, yeah. That's it. Done. Yeah. If I was a level 300 yeah. agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., if I get that game again, I've got to start from scratch. I'm not going to bother. But you have no choice. Yeah. You have no choice. You know, and it, 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 it's... We're, we're, we're moving into this kind of different, you know, games as a service thing, and that's dangerous mm. because then it takes away the art from it, and you end up with... You end up with two things. You end up with a milk toast product that doesn't mm. provide the same hit because it's looking for that quick book. Yeah. And then... Uh, also, well, it's not going to be archived because it's a product and you can't do it because of copyright. Yeah, no, It's the same argument when people ban memes. I had someone today trying to, because they hated this figure so much, they were willing to support banning memes. And I'm like, oh, is this is this like the the frog meme that was like? No, no, no. Ago, it's like... worse than that. No, it's it's the Donald Trump uh, photograph meme thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's just a joke. Don't take it. It's a meme. Oh yeah. well, we need to ban memes. I'm like, oh my god. Memes, memes are in definition terms an idea that is created by the mass. Exactly. You can't and, really and, do that in and, practice, let alone the morality of it. Like and, cons- and consuming pop culture. So pop culture is in, in you know linked 
to that kind of thing and that's where mm. I was going I'm no fan of Donald Trump or anything like that but I was just trying to make this person see sense and then I realised yeah, 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 stop trying to talk with people on the internet about seeing sense that's not tomorrow <laughs> so then I left and just blasted them with memes yeah 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 except for our, list- <laughs> except for our listeners of course because you guys are great yeah yeah, yeah. solid meme <laughs> solid <laughs> solid meme alright <laughs> Let's uh let's mosey on to a different topic where we have about twenty minutes left, guys. All right, I'll I'll take the lead for a few minutes. Um, I'm very excited for the fourth season of an anime show called My Hero Academia is coming right. out on the twelfth of October. So, are you guys familiar with this? Uh, I'm familiar I've... with it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, I will make my quick little pitch first. The basic endorsement is it's set in a world that's sort of reverse X-Men logic, where about 80-90% of the population are born with superpowers, and it's from the point of view of the main character, Deku, who was born without powers and wants to be the greatest superhero of all. And it's about him trying to get into the superhero school despite his lack of of superpowers and it follows his journey and it's a somewhat parody somewhat love letter to superherodom from japan with a superhero superman figure called all might being the hero they all aspire to be this sounds like that that disney movie sky high from a couple of years ago um, yeah i could i could see that now um compared to that though i think my hero academia has a good sense of humor it's it travels very well. I know a lot of anime doesn't kind of appeal to the masses, but it's broken through. We have uh, in the bookshop I work in, we have a dedicated My Hero Academia manga section well, that sells out every single week. It's it's this generation's Buffy kids love it, and it's really well made. And there's lots of Star Wars isms in it as well. <laughs> they, holy cow. They, if you if you watch it, there's loads of like the towns are all called like Caminoville and Tatooine Station and all that kind of stuff. Nice. So there's there's a lot to love in it. It's a very very well done uh, anime, and I would recommend it very highly, even if you're not a fan of anime or superheroes in general. Kind of, I don't know why, but the premise kind of makes you it makes me think of like an antithesis antithesis kind of thing to One Punch Man. Yes, actually, a lot of people compare it to One Punch Man. It's except the One Punch Man, I would say, is quite cynical in a lot of respects. Yeah, it it wears its kind of unimpressedness with superheroes on its shoulder. Uh, My Hero Academia loves superheroes. It just isn't afraid to kind of make fun of them a bit. Like the the villains in it are literally just called the League of Villains. Like it's very surface level, uh, but it's a good ensemble. It's the way I pitch it to my friends is it's the best X-Men cartoon you'll never see. It's a great ensemble show and it's got a nice mix of superhero dumb. And the world is interesting too, like because it's a, it's a Japanese show. It's basically, you don't become a superhero by just putting on a mask and swinging out there. Superheroes are kind of like civil servants. Yeah. So you kind of have to be trained in it in school and then you have to be apprenticed so there's a lot of new sounds ideas like, in there. Sounds like Full Metal <laughs> Alchemist almost. A bit, yeah. There's a lot of Full Metal Alchemist in there as well. That's a good comparison too. Right on. Uh, 
So that was actually, I'm surprised we went this far without bringing it up. But since we're talking about superheroes. Oh my uh, God. Yeah, literally. I know we're going to say, literally after we, we, we recorded the show last week, this broke. Keen, t- t- uh, lead into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like Spider-Man's coming home after all, despite our complaint <laughs> for the I was right. episodes. Yeah, I yeah. was right, though. I said this was, uh, I say, I, I, and you can go back, it's on tape. You did. You said it was a power I move, said, didn't you? I said it was a power move. Or it was at worst a power move, or sorry, at best a power move, at worst a publicity stunt. Mm. And it was. It was. So he signed on for two more movies in the Marvel Universe. The... The rumors, which are, you know, should we should always take it with a pinch of salt, are that it's going to be another Spider-Man back home again, whatever, something to do with home, um, home and home. possibly a Captain Marvel tie-in because without oh, no. spoiling too much, well, possibly no. without spoiling too no. much of the ending of uh, Far From Home, they did seem to be leaning into Nick Fury and the Captain Marvel stuff. Yeah. Oh, Doom Cock was right again. Doom Cock is right again. Now that hasn't been verified. The no, only no, reason I, I no, take it with yeah. Oh no, no, please God, no, I don't want that. Well, from a business point of view, it makes sense for them because Captain Marvel needs to lead the ship and she hasn't won over everyone. So Because like, she has no character and she's terrible. It's the same with putting the Hulk in Thor Ragnarok. It's the same business logic. Yeah, but the yeah. Hulk is good. Everybody likes the Hulk. Also Sorry. the Hulk isn't the main character. Yeah, <laughs> like, true. You know, I mean, like, Bruce Banner works better when he's a supporting character. Correct. I would argue that, so far, Spider-Man has worked better as a supporting character than his own vehicles, though. Yeah, I would say so. Like, to be fair, I enjoy them more in the ensemble movies than I, than I did in his own movies. Mm. Except for Far From Home. Far From Home was, was a quite decent movie in and of itself. But here's the thing. And, I, and here, here's the, the real twist in this tale. Mm. There, we're going to have a spider Spider-Man, for the first time ever, that's jumping around universes. Oh, yeah. So the power play here was, and I can't believe this is true, the power mm. play here is that basically they want to try and canonize what's already happened. So Edge of Spider-Verse pretty much becomes canon. Okay. Venom kind of becomes canon itself, as in like they have this multiverse. Yeah. So I, I could see, and this, you know, I could see this happening, where to get rid of Spider-Man he ends up just falling through a multiverse, mm. you know, and then ends up in Sony. <laughs> but that could happen. That's what they've set up. Or it could be a case that they have like Tom Holland's star in a Sony Miles Morales film, then pops back home to the Marvel. But by then you've got your own Spider-Man. There's a lot of options they can do with it. There are, there are. And they've kind of, the main takeaway from this is that Sony got their, got their move. Mm. They got this kind of blessing to be able to do this, you know, have their cake and eat it too, mm. and also make a dump truck full of money. But you know, I, Captain Marvel, man. Oh. I I don't get the hate. I rewatched. I don't. It last I don't. Week I don't and... hate her. I don't hate yeah. her. I didn't hate the movie when I watched yeah. it when I wasn't exhausted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, to be fair, we did review it, uh, Brynn and myself. After I saw it for the first time, and I just got back from a 14-hour flight from San Francisco. Yeah. Don't watch a movie after that. That's a bad idea. It's not a good reference point. But yeah. I, wa- I watched it sober as it was, and I didn't hate it. I just... Yeah. there was like- no- Yeah, there was nothing to really like. You know, it wasn't bad. It was just like, okay, 
You know, it was just like... Okay, I'll give you that. It does lack a certain bit of X factor. I give the character a bit of leeway, though, because, like, Doctor Strange, everyone kind of fell for him once he was in Thor Ragnarok for 10 minutes. Like, I think think there is sometimes the Marvel characters do kind of have to ease into themselves a bit. Ah, no, I love Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange as a movie is my, my probably my favorite Marvel movie. Oh, same here. Yeah, it's I my it. it's my bad mood like fixer. It's certainly. great, you know. But <laughs> there, there was sorry, go on, go on, Bryn. Sorry, but it wouldn't be that high. Like, I mean, um, but that's because like my top five is kind of stacked. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> like, I mean, like Captain Marvel. Don't have anything against it. I just. It, it, I don't feel like I watched it twice. I don't think I'll watch it again. Yeah, like it's between that and Black Panther. I'm just like I'm never watching those again. You know, and I'm just like, but then again, I wouldn't watch the first. Well, no, that's a lie. I would watch the the, the first Spider-Man movie because it has Michael Keaton in it. Yeah. Um, but like, if, I mean, but if, Mike Keaton, sorry, if Michael Keaton wasn't in that, I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, just, it, it needs an edit, but it's still an enjoyable film, Homecoming, yeah. like. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just, it's there's certain Marvel movies which you could watch. I like Thor: The Dark World. I won't watch that again. I will watch the first Thor though because I enjoyed it. Um, Thor: The The Trainwreck. I won't watch up to a point. I'll watch half of it and then pretend the other half it doesn't exist. Not be bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah, I think, I think great. Like at, at this point, it's strange, but I think with. Um, at this point, I'd never need to watch an Iron Man movie again. Fair. I'll give you that. Yeah, I think they've done everything they can do with Iron Man and everything they should do. <laughs> but it's also like, I don't really ever want to watch the first Iron Man movie again. Like, it's a good film, but yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> like, Yeah, um, fair, fair. I, I always, but you know, when it, comes to like the, when it comes to like the introductory films, the ones I will watch again are Captain America. Thor, yes. Galaxy, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's yeah. it, really. All right, we're going to put a pin in this now for Phoenix FM listeners. Guys, if you want to catch the rest of the show, go over to nerdtoknowmedia.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. And if you have to catch the rest of the show, there's another half an hour left of this uh, with myself and the rest of the guys. So until next week, if you're just catching us here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, we've been here to know basis. Talk to you next week. Alright, so you're listening to the podcast and you're like, hey, I want to get involved, but I'm not in Ireland and I don't have time to listen live. Well, guys, listen, we've revamped everything. We've made it super easy. Nerd to Know Media, everything. Nerd to Know Media, Gmail. Nerd to Know Media on Twitter. Nerd to Know Media on Twitch. Nerd to Know Media across the wall. Everything that you can do, you're able to find us. Nerd to Know Media. NerdsNoMedia.com is our website just in case. You can tune in, be the tune in app. And catch us live if you want to. Type in Nerd Snow Bases on Phoenix 92.5 FM and you're able to find us. The stream to the show as it's happening live is actually on our website, nerdsnowmedia.com. Also, if you haven't got time for that or if you want something a bit more convenient, we're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all across the board. And if you do want to catch us live when we record the show, because spoilers, we tape the show, we do it live on Twitch, Nerdducks. N-E-D-D-U-X is where you can find my personal Twitch channel and we stream there the show every single Thursday at 9pm. So guys, no excuse not to listen. We're very easy to find. Nerdtonomedia.com for more information. Bro.
broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. Download and do it again. I think, I think Captain America, I know you said nice things about it, but I think the first Avenger gets a bad rep that's unfair. I think it was ahead of the other Marvels in just how stylized and focused it was. A lot of the earlier ones don't have that. I I will agree with you, Keen, up to a point. The beginning of that movie is actually my favorite of all Marvel movies, when the Red Skull walks into that church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love that opening. It's my favorite of the whole Marvel movies. Yeah. has a great opening, great first part, Great end. It dies in the middle. Dies dead yeah. in the middle. I enjoy. I enjoy the middle. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Like, really? It's okay. It's fine. Like I mean, it's uh, like I think it, it is laggy. I'm not going to say that like mm. it's a second act, but it's fine. It's like it, for the story they're telling, I think it's functional. So. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I didn't, uh, hate, I didn't hate it and I still will watch it again you know so that's kind of like I think the phase one movies still stand up as the strongest introductory ones with the exception of and Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy that's still phase one as well right phase two phase two yeah, yeah and then uh, Doctor Strange you know there's a few you can pick to but I think once they started kind of ramping them up and getting all the characters in they got kind of watered down and you know Black Panther and Captain America not Captain America Captain Marvel um, suffer from that quite a lot. I think Captain Marvel suffers from being edited in a really weird way. I was watching a lot of the deleted scenes and there are really important scenes that explain character stuff that are just left out. Like there's, there's a scene that explains that there's an opening scene where she goes into a school where they're indoctrinating the young Kree soldiers. Like I'm talking like seven, eight years old. And there's all this anti-scroll propaganda posters on the wall. And they crack a joke about, you know, uh, Jan Rog, he goes to the great intelligence or whatever it's called. And he sees himself because he admires himself the most and all this kind of stuff. All the character setup for all those characters is let on the cu- left on the cutting room floor. Why? It sets up the whole movie. Like That's what know? I mean. It wasn't focused. It was, yeah. it was there. To, uh, I it's think made though like doing having all that propaganda might be like might have overplayed the red herring yeah okay that yeah. that's fair that's fair but, episode... there, but that i mean when it comes to why things get cut out it, a lot of the time you're like well who who bloody knows <laughs> like <laughs> no yeah that's that's a fair point you know i i will have to say though that um there's very few marvel films that you can say are flops I wouldn't say any of them have flopped yet, but Spider-Man going in that direction, I think it's the only way they kind of can take him now. Because remember, mm-hmm. he's a he's a, he's basically a fugitive now. Because we know yeah. who he is. Well, it depends. It depends so. on whether it's an illusion or not. Yes. Well, actually, which is uh, well, it could be. It could be an illusion. But they 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 Sony released a twenty-minute stinger of J. Jonah Jameson doing a show. So. Which is, I, it is great. It's a, yeah. it is great, you know. Um, but yeah, look, I'm happy this news happened. Um, I, I would have been shocked if it didn't happen. Yeah. To be fair, it's too much money to leave there. So, yeah. fair and play. Can I, 
And can I just put a pin in this? I have every faith in Sony for them to ruin their own Spider-Verse without Marvel's help. Oh, they will. They've done it so many times. I have the absolute (laughs) faith in Morbius. They're going to crash and burn. No, no, no. I think that might survive by, you you know, some act of God. Mm -hmm. They're going to do a Madam Web movie. Why? Madam Web is not interesting outside of Secret Wars. Or some kind of cosmic thing where they pull all. Why her together. though? Why not like an Ezekiel know. movie or something like that? There's a lot why not, more characters. Why not, not Spider Man 2099? Yeah, I mean, like the <sighs> people got really excited when he popped up in the Into the Spider Verse. That, like. That's Brin's favorite character. Yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like. I mean, th- there's so many different characters they could do. Like, me and Madame Webb is like going, oh, yeah, we're going to do a Chronicles of the Beyonder story. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it's like. It's like bringing in the Beyonder. Yeah. It's like there's no point. No. <laughs> Nobody knows who this person is except for nerds like us. I've read Spider-Man. <laughs> I barely know who she is. I know the Juggernaut went after her once. That's yeah. all I can remember. And, I, and I've read her arc. Oh, well for him. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, but it's just it's very... Um, I think if they're going to, like, I, I mean, Matt Webb is another supporting ar- character person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a leading role character. They weren't even designed yeah. a leading role. Like, it's not, you know, I, I, I would just be going, but why can't I get Ben Riley? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it, it seems to be that. Now so that's funny. an idea. Yeah, that would make sense. Like, you could some... have two Tom Holland Spider Man trilogies. <laughs> and I think they probably will. I think they probably. I think they probably will. I think you know, you're onto I- something. Maybe they'll have a Ben Riley Sony Spider-Man and a Marvel Universe Tom Holland Peter Parker Spider-Man. See, Weirder see, things have happened. But see, there's no reason for them not to do it. Like that. Mm. That was only stopped by Marvel going here. No, mm. now that's been undone. So yeah. Tom Holland or Peter Parker can just show yeah. up on both and be like, hey, you yeah. know. And and it's it's no big deal. I think that's probably what will happen. The yeah. deal will probably be extended where Spider Man is just there in the Marvel universe, mm. but he's also in the Sony universe doing things. Mm. And to be fair, that makes sense because Sony aren't going to sell it because they haven't got anyone else. Yeah. So they're like, we'll just do this and make our own movies, but then we'll make dump trucks full of money with the MCU as well. So yeah, with major composition like Venom and. Madam yeah. Web. <laughs> Earlier, I now need a Christmas film where it's Spider-Man fighting off bankrupt, fighting yeah. off fading his home. Thanks, Dara. I can't wait for the Silver Sable movie. <laughs> oh, or the Black Cat movie. I wouldn't oh. mind that, actually. I think we're still overdue a decent Catwoman movie. I'll take a Black Cat movie if you got one. Fair. Fair. I don't know. I'm just like, you know, who's ever running Sony now should just be like, hey, guys, we don't know what we're doing. Mm. let's just Marvel do it or else just hire someone to come in and do it because the same guy who greenlit all those Fantastic Four movies is running mm. Sony now yeah. so that's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever read that like Sony hack thing about all their plans for the Garfield verse yes oh god <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it amazing <laughs> not the word I'd use yeah. Like like the like Jonah Hill as the Sandman and all this malarkey. It's like it 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 just read like one of those like such and such goes to the shop and then such and such happens. What are they called? The fill in the gap games? Oh yeah. The the well the I I'm taking from The Simpsons, you know, where Homer boys they said the book. It's yeah. like my favorite food is McNuggets. Yes, yes. <laughs> 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 
products are these people on and where can I buy them? This sounds easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's incredible. But uh, one thing I do want to reference before we, before we wrap up, guys, um, I'm wa- I watch a YouTuber called The Spiffing Brit. Do you watch him? No, I haven't heard of him. You guys should watch him, right? Uh, he pretty much just breaks games, but in very entertaining ways. And uh, yeah, he's quite good. He has a whole series called um, 100 Statman. And pretty much it's his character in Crusader Kings who has 100 stats on everything. And it's his like odyssey through this dynastic line. So it's fantastic. I would recommend it before anything else. And also, uh, because of him, uh, I discovered the, prov- the, the province of Sealand is a thing. Do you guys know what Sealand is? No, I don't know. Sealand is the smallest country in the world. All right? It's off the coast of England. And uh, the reason why that's important, and I'm getting, I'm getting to this, is because, uh, you know, speaking of titles and stuff, you can actually buy yourself a title from Sealand. Right? So you can, you can be a lord of Sealand. Or a, or a count of Sealand. Or oh, is this like naming a star after yourself? Something no, no, like no. That, like... no, no, no. See, I thought this was a scam. Until I actually bought my friend a title from Sealand, and now she's a lady of Sealand, and he sent her out like <laughs> certificates and everything. I'm like, that's incredible. So yeah, guys, if if you want to do that, um, and to be fair, like most Christmas presents from people are getting off me this year are going to be titles from Sealand. So um, yeah, check it out. Yeah, I'd love to. Where so wait, where can we find that now? If you type in Sealand. Docov or something into the into Google, it'll pop up as the the, the Principality of Sealand, and right. then you could just go to the shop and just buy titles. So, you know, and, and they range from about thirty quid to like mm. seven hundred euro or something. If you want mm. to be a duke, I think it's seven. A duke is seven hundred euro. I've spent seven hundred euro on stupider things. Well, see, here's the thing. You know, to be honest with you, the title, the one that appeals to me is Count. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know it's two hundred and something quid, but I'm like. Oh man, that can't turn that down. So uh, yeah, yeah. What about you guys? What titles would you guys pick? Uh, just to go back to the Simpsons. I'm just happy if someone calls me sir without adding you're making a scene. Fair. You can be a knight. You can be a knight for 125 for 125 euros. You can be a knight of Sealand. If I'm a couch, do I get a cape? Of course, you get a cape. What okay. couch doesn't have a cape? Uh, okay. You want the cape, Brent? No, you have to buy your own cape. Fair. Fair. How much is it to be a lord? 30 quid. 30 quid? I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, actually... I'd spend 30 quid on tea in a week. Yeah, give me that. <laughs> what about you, Bryn? Um, I probably would just go for the night, but um, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, though, like, would you actually be able to use these? I would. As your actual titles. For I mean, imagine if you're going for a mortgage, how good that would look. I don't know. Oh, I, I would still like if this ever comes to pass mm. everything I go for or everywhere I is going to have you know whatever title it is before what so, about Earl is there an Earl no no because it's English uh, so you know Knight uh, Knight Baron Lord Count and uh, Duke are the only ones they have oh I'm torn between Count and Lord now right yeah. They're all quite good though. I think though for a thirty euro investment, like my friend is super happy because they sent it out to her in the post. I and I honestly I was like, listen, if it doesn't arrive, I'll buy you something else because it's probably a scam. And it wasn't. <laughs> they actually sent her out all this stuff and it's amazing. 
so she's happy, you know. But uh, yeah, look, if you ever stuck for a gift, guys, you know, or you know, <laughs> pick it up. We don't. We're not sponsored by them. I just think it's the best thing in the world. So maybe we should be though. Maybe you know. <laughs> Reach know. out to us, Zealand. <laughs> Reach, <laughs> Reach out to us. <laughs> Uh, the Principality of Sealand. For so all good. we know, they have like a TV network there that needs extra content. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but there you go. There, there's two recommendations: the Principality of Sealand and uh, and uh, Spiffing Brit, who I found out about Sealand from. So it's his fault. <laughs> oh god, you've defeated me! I oh can't get god. over that. It's so good. So good. Oh, okay, I'm out. I've got nothing else to say. Bryn, you got anything? Uh, yeah, actually, I do because it's a, a bit of sad news. Um, as you guys are aware, I almost every week mm-hmm. I uh, plug uh, our good friends over at geeksoftheindustry.com. But this will be the last time I'm going to be able to do that because they're shutting their doors. Oh no! Yeah, after seven long years, um, uh, Larry, Chunky Larry is closing down the site, and um, he's just keeping it up purely so that people can download uh, whatever episodes that they liked and want to have as permanent uh, as a permanent backup before he tears down the site at the end of the year. Wow! Which, which is a bit of a downer because, like, I you know, for those who don't know. I basically got my start in podcasting through Geeks of the Industry. It's where I was doing uh, editing for a little show called uh, Wrestling with Smut, which is where two big uh, girls would talk about wrestling and fan <laughs> wrestling fanfic. <laughs> and I learned terms I never wanted to know. <laughs> um, yeah, and that ran for like 20, for about 20 episodes or thereabouts. Um, from there, I got to do uh, a couple of one-off shows for different things on the pod- mm. on, on different podcasts. There, I even did a, a show on uh, terrible films called Shit Film Sunday, and it's uh, se- and its second season, uh, Shit Film Sundays Two, Shit Harder. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, unfortunately, the site is going down, but um, it's been it's been an awesome awesome time. Uh, working with that show, and I've loved I've, almost every week with diligence had to plug them because mm-hmm. you know without them I wouldn't I still feel like I wouldn't be here, so yeah. Fair. Oh, that's, that's a shame. But like you say, it's if they're keeping the site up, that lead dovetails right back into the archiving thing. At least all that yeah. stuff's available for new people to discover. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure, Star Trek didn't get its hit destroyed until after it was cancelled. You never know. That's fair. You start by. <laughs> which no one saw and then yeah. the live. where can we find your episodes then um oh yeah they're, they'd be on geeksoftheindustry.com i'm just gonna double check it yeah so the episodes that you can find for me would be on the shit from sundays pretty much everything else has been torn down from years ago uh yeah uh but then like most of the other stuff will still be up like uh their flagship shows, Kicks the Industry, Mega Paris Radio, and all the other wonderful stuff they have there. All right, on. well, no, I, you know, I'm gonna take that as my opportunity to go over and grab everything I want to before it goes down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, good call. And I, I would encourage everyone to do so as, as well. So, geeksintheindustry.com, right? 
the industry. So, like, I mean, some of the content there is ridiculously good as well, which is such a Because <laughs> when it's gone, it's gone, guys. And that's important about archiving, you know? You mm. never know what's going to happen before uh, it's gone, so... <laughs> but uh, speaking of which, actually, we have two shows that have to go up as well, so they're going to go up on our feed soon. So, mm. yeah, I got I to gotta get on that. Um, <laughs> I got to get on that soon. All right. So, Bryn, is, is, is that... Is that everything you wanted to bring up? That's pretty much all of my uh, bits and pieces for this week. Oh, okay. Uh, does, uh, I believe we're coming to the end of the show at this point. We are. We're just we're ready to go. Anything to plug? Kane? Nope. I've plugged my Hero Aka. I'd say Hero Academia. Check it out. New series coming out soon. It's, I suppose it's an overused term, but I'd say it's a very good gateway anime it's very very good and you can find it on most sites other than that i'm still reading the christopher eccleston autobiography i fully would recommend it it's a very very powerful and uh haunting read i would say definitely check it out and i'm gonna try and have another book by next week right on uh i'm just gonna just wrap it up here with our website nerdtonomedia.com you can email us at uh, nerdtonomedia at gmail.com or twitch um find us over there there's no media or uh, uh nerd ducks mm-hmm. and yeah so that's it if you guys want to reach us the best way to do it is either facebook or email and it's all there so uh yeah check it out all right so that will do it for this edition of nerd to know media guys thank you so much for listening and cheerio see you next week bye, bye.